Hey guys, you're listening to Bulletproof Faith. This is Joel, and I wanted to give you guys a quick review on the movie Sound of Freedom. Uh, we've got some other things kind of coming down the, the pike in the next, I don't know, couple of weeks uh, here for the show. Um, but wanted to do an episode on this just because uh, my wife and I went and saw the movie this weekend, and um, you know, I think it's I think it's good for for our culture and. Um, everything else. So wanted to get into this just a little bit. First thing I want to say, if you are listening to this with children, you probably don't want to. I would say, uh, you know, just pause this one, put something else on, you can listen to it another time. So uh, here, this is my official warning. You probably don't want to listen to this with kids around or in the car or whatever you're doing. Um, so uh, the other thing, just me today. Jordan is not here. Uh, he's actually getting his nails done. So um, we. <laughs> uh, so it's just going to be me. But um, while my wife and I saw the movie this weekend, I wrote down some notes and thought, you know, I need to cover this on the show. So just me today while Jordan is taking a charcuterie class or uh, getting a makeover or he's at home scrapbooking, something like that. Send, send me your best theory for where Jordan is. But we're going to review this movie, give you some details, and then discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, so here we go. First, the movie, The Sound of Freedom, based on a true story, and it's based on the story of this guy named Tim Ballard, who works for the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Uh, Basically, the story goes that he got fed up with not being able to, um, well, so, so he was able to take down the end users of child pornography, but not to actually rescue the children that were involved. So um, one day he goes on a trip and he begins to set up an operation to take some of these uh, traffickers down. The boss ends up telling him to pull the plug after a while. He'd been doing it for a while and it wasn't approved. So eventually he decides to quit his job and then to go through with this operation. And uh, several traffickers were actually caught and arrested, and he saved lots of trafficking victims. Okay, so that's the general plot. That is all true. True story. You can actually look up articles and uh, things from 2014 when this actually happened. Uh, It was called Operation Triple Take. It was uh, in... Uh, off, uh, on an island off the coast of Colombia. Um, so yeah, the, the the bulk of what you're going to see in the movie is actually true. Um, I actually found several websites when I was looking at this stuff that were kind of doing the fact-checking. Um, some things are a little bit more dramatic just for movie purposes. Uh, so like, for example, there's a couple times where like he, he went by himself to do something or whatever, but uh, but largely, what you see, for the most part, really did happen. The movie starts off this opening story with these two kids being taken, and uh, it's in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. Um, I actually went there uh, briefly one time on a mission trip, so it was just kind of interesting to see. That's where the setting starts off. But there's a woman who tricks a girl and her family into 
bringing them into a studio uh, or something and, you know, tells the dad that she's got a future in the entertainment business and all this. So they come to the studio to do this casting or whatever. Then when the dad shows back up, they're gone. Nobody's there. Okay. Uh, then the credits start rolling and it goes into, you know, it shows some actual um, abduction scenes and it's pretty terrifying to be honest. Um, but the lady who was involved in doing this and tricking uh, this family, uh, they give her the name Giselle. Uh, they say that she was like a Colombian beauty queen at some point. Um, so that's, you know, kind of a spoiler alert here, but the Colombian beauty queen that was actually involved in the story, I did a bit of a deep dive. This is actually true, too. Her name is Kelly Johanna Suarez. You can actually uh, Google and, and see articles on the internet from when she was arrested in 2014. And um, this was kind of a big news story then because she was an actual beauty queen. Um, she was based in, I think, the city of Cartagena, which is uh, in Colombia. Um, and she had also been, I saw that like she had been in a movie, uh, a music video uh, or something like that that apparently was kind of popular in the area. And so anyway, she had a little bit of notoriety and status. Um, and she was in Cartagena. Um, I also found in my research, sexual exploitation is big there. There's a big industry. It's the fifth largest city in Colombia. And you might also recognize that name, Cartagena, from something else. Back in 2012, this is the place where Obama's Secret Service members uh, were caught up in the, the prostitution scandal that took place. Uh, eventually, 11 Secret Service members lost their jobs over this. So that's the area that we're talking about and the, the setting, the scene for a lot of this movie. There's one other thing that was interesting. I wanted to do more of a deep dive, than, and I didn't really have all that much time to, but there's one element of the plot where it goes into uh, these Colombian red zones, where it's like these rural jungle spots that are so controlled by guerrilla military groups, uh, paramilitary guerrilla groups, where they are so in control that even the government won't go there. The, the actual army won't go there. Um, I wanted to do a little bit more research on this. I didn't have a ton of time, but it does appear like these actually do exist. And I saw a couple of blogs where there are Christian missionaries going into these dangerous, dangerous zones. Um, and I thought, man, that's, that is so brave. So if you want to look at that on your own time, you can. So there's a, a general plot summary and some things about the movie. Now let's talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. The good. This film is pretty interesting and uh, it's engaging to watch. Um, now, given that it's n not got Hollywood resources and marketing and things like that, it's kind of an independent deal. Um, that in itself is quite a feat because a lot of these movies that are more lower budget and things like that are, you know, they're just not as good to watch. So that's a positive. Um, it, it definitely opens up the eyes and, and draws attention to the problem, which I think was the goal, you know. Um, even though the, the 
O-U-R, which I think stands for Operation Underground Railroad, I think. Um, anyway, it's the group that was the nonprofit set up by Tim Ballard. Um, even their website admits that this isn't the most common type of trafficking or child abuse. However, it definitely does happen, so it's important. Regardless of what the media might tell you, there's no conspiracy theory behind the movie, and there's been a lot of backlash and kind of controversy around it, but there's really not a conspiracy theory behind it. There's also not really a um, political agenda that actually comes through in the movie. Although, if you're smart enough, you can probably infer one on your own and, and kind of connect the dots to real-life issues, such as the the U.S.-Mexico border and things like that, but... Um, no political agenda really comes through in the movie. What it does do, though, is it shows what this man was driven to do and that it was largely because of his religious worldview and the idea that he was serving God, right? So that's a good thing. There, there's a great line in the movie when someone asks him, why is he doing this? Why are you so concerned? Why are you going to put your life on the line for this? And he says, because God's children are not for sale. And that was an awesome, memorable line. Um, all right, so that's the good. Let's talk about the bad. So while the end result, I think, is great, and the movie is good in many areas, Tim Ballard, the, the guy who this is about, he's actually a Mormon. He's, he's LDS. Now, of course, that's not to say that uh, Mormons can't do good things or are not good people or, or, or anything like that. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I wish that uh, Orthodox Christians a lot of times would be as um, works-minded and, and things like that as Mormons are. Uh, they, they do a lot of good things. But it's a bit disappointing that this couldn't have come from uh, an Orthodox believer. Because now that it's getting so much attention... Whatever percentage of non-believers that are out there that decide to look into this, they're going to see that instead of, you know, an orthodox Christian believer. And I don't like the idea of someone being drawn to this rather than the the real teachings of the real Christ. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it, it's a bit disappointing to see that. Um, also, a bit disappointing to see the company that made the movie. Angel Studios um, go off in the direction of these Mormon ties. There's already been, and you know, we—I don't think we've covered this on the podcast, but there's already been a um, controversy with the series *The Chosen*, which is about Jesus and the the twelve disciples um, having connections to. Uh, Mormons and Mormon uh, donors and things like that. So it's just a little bit uh, concerning to see this this Angel Studios kind of continue in that direction. And it just begs the question: Why don't we have a or why don't we have more solid Christian companies doing these types of films and these things? And I, I think that's something that we're really missing. So that's the bad. Here's the ugly. I just want to talk about the sad truth behind the subject matter in this movie. Children being trafficked, abducted, 
abused, um, forced into prostitution. It was really hard to watch. One of the things that I said to my wife after we were leaving, we were walking out of the theater, and I, I said, man, that was hard to watch. It'll, it'll make you tear up at times. And so um, it's hard to watch and hard to know that that's going on in the world that we live in. But I wanted to give you some stats. There are um, about 27.6 million trafficked persons globally today and about 20% of them are children. This comes from the U.S. State Department. Um, it, uh, child sex trafficking has been reported in all 50 U.S. states. Um, the 2021 Federal Human Trafficking Report stated that 57% of the U.S. human trafficking victims were minors. Um, human trafficking is a $150 billion per year business. That's more than the NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL combined. Um, so some of these stats are just very, very concerning. At the end of the movie, there's one neat thing. you got to stick around if you haven't watched it yet. It's a special message from Jim Caviezel, the actor. And they talk about a pay-it-forward program where uh, you can basically buy someone else's movie ticket and then they can go watch it. So the cost is not an excuse. Um, that's pretty neat. But during that, he says there are more people trapped in slavery right now than any other time in history, including when it was legal. That's a huge problem. And so um, when you think about those stats and, and those hard facts, it's kind of hard to watch and know that it's going on. So um, then you also have the suppression of the film and the dismissal of it from the mainstream media. And so um, I'm, I'm sure we're all aware of that. I've probably seen it. The headlines, I actually ran into a lot of it when I was researching for this episode and things like that. Um, but it seems like they're, they're not on board with this existing, right? So that's concerning. Then you've got the concept that the, the, the mainstream media, um, they're all kind of in lockstep about certain issues, right? Um, support of Hollywood where we know that there are lots of uh, predators and things like that that have been exposed recently. Uh, support of the elites, um, you know, the, the Weinsteins, the Epsteins. Um, we know that Epstein had an island and that it's not too far off from what's uh, the sting that's set up in this movie, probably. Um, they're, they're also kind of in lockstep about skepticism about this movie and wanting to dismiss it. And also keeping the southern border wide open. I mean, why is that? You can see in this movie that there's a lot of kids that are trafficked uh, through that border. And I saw uh, somewhere recently or heard on a podcast or something that something like 350,000 unaccompanied, undocumented minors have crossed that border since 2021. And of those... 85,000 of them have gone missing. And so why do they want to keep that border open so much? Like, it, it just begs the question. Um, so th there's something going on there. This is um, not in the movie, but Tim Ballard, the actual guy at other places, he has talked about 
the, the border policy being uh, open and lenient and says that it's not doing these children any benefit. It's actually harming them. And so, uh, anyway, not to get too far into the conspiracy theory world, but I think it's weird. I, I just think there's something weird going on there. All right, conclusion. I, I would recommend the movie. I think it's good. I think it's interesting. I, I think it's uh, good enough to, to watch. It's worth your time. I think it's a good story. Um, hey, you can even use that pay it forward program um, if you go to their website and, and I think you can get a ticket for free at least that's what they said so I think it's good um, I'm not a, a film critic but uh, I, I'll give you my just open thoughts on it my biggest takeaway though and it stems from this film kind of shows a good bit about the mental anguish that this guy goes through, just kind of how tough it would be, how difficult it would actually be to do this job day in and day out. Some of the things that he sees and, and knowing what's going on. Um, and then you kind of think about the masculine strength that's needed to do that and, and how it's needed in this world to prevent things like this from happening in the first place. And then what I was kind of left with was this that Christian men need to stand up and fight. Uh, and, of course, not just exclusively men. Everybody needs to fight. But I feel like that's where the real lack is these days, that Christian men need to get back to masculine strength and stand up and fight. You, you can't do everything, right? You can't fix all of the world's problems. But like this guy, Tim Ballard, there was one. And, and he picked one fight. And so that's what I think is I think we need more actual Christian men to stand up, be bold, take on the cause of Jesus, and fight. So pick a fight, because you can't take them all, but pick a fight and take it on. That'd be my conclusion. That's kind of what I came away from the movie with. Um, and I'll wrap it up here, but I will say it's, it's probably worth seeing. It's good. It's better than um, a lot of the other trash that hits the theaters these days. Um, so... Check it out. Guys, thanks for listening to Bulletproof Faith. We'll have some other uh, kind of more back to our normal content in the next uh, several weeks, several months, and uh, we'll be working on that for you. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time on Bulletproof Faith.